Just stay standing for a second. Why don't you just give Jesus a big shout? Just give Jesus. Come on. Just put your hand on the person next to you on their shoulder. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. This last Wednesday at staff meeting, Bill Johnson looked at us and, and said, let's pray for Tom. I want to pray for the greatest youth, youth revival, children's revival to start. We're hungry for a youth revival to start in America and the nation starting in Reading right here. So God's heart is for young people. Today I got to go to Central Valley High School. I used to walk that campus that way uh, for a few years, just sowing seed into that campus. And Angelo Jean-Pierre, he's a staff evangelist here, and he's been uh, prepping there to start a Jesus club on campus. And uh, today was their first club on campus, and they had over 60 kids walk in and hear the gospel preached in the high school. Woo! They got pizza, and they got, like, cookies, and then we had giveaways. It was epic. And then there was spoken word, and they were arrested and captivated by the anointing that was flowing out of the love of these guys I'm so proud of them. God, it's only the beginning. I'm telling you right now, God, God's heart is for the schools in America. Listen, if, if this was not a setup tonight, I don't know what is. Like that testimony video. And then Dave just got a Facebook that somebody, somebody was in a, got to preach in a public school today. Today. And there was miracles happening in the school today somewhere. I don't know where. Chris Kildosher is his name. And, uh, You know, I don't know if you've heard, but God really loves kids. He just loves people. So, Father, we just pray into what you want to do in public schools and the Christian schools. Thank you that you want to save Christian schools, too. Ha ha. They're the hardest places I've ever preached in my life. Not BCS, but... God, we just thank you that your heart burns for the greatest mission field in America, campuses. And we just thank you that you're raising up campus missionaries all over the planet. We thank you, God, that you're positioning the harvest for the end time harvest here in America. And God, we just say that public schools, that the young people of America shall be saved. The youth of America shall be saved. We just declare the greatest awakening right now that the next Jesus people movement would happen in Jesus' name. Hmm. Amen. Hey, if you want to... If you want to go, if you want to go, if you want to be a youth pastor, if you want to be a youth pastor or if you want to be a youth leader, if you want to give your life for this generation, then come stand right here. Quick, go, move, fast, just get up here. Just 
Line up right here. You want to give your life for young people. I've always said the greatest, the next greatest youth group in, in Reading is just right down there at the mall. It's just waiting for you to go get it. So take hands of the person next to you there. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you. you. You said to us, Lord, who will go for us? Whom will I send? And you said, send me, Lord. Say it. Say, send me, God. So I just released just a fiery anointing. God, your heart, you're there are feathers flying all over up here. Fiery anointing, your heart, your heart for the lost, your heart for those who don't know you yet, that they would have a demonstration of power and of love on campus in youth groups, God. We just, we just declare your heart over them, Father. Your heart, God. We just declare an anointing right now. Let your anointing come. I commission you and I send you to go and, and show what the gospel looks like, to preach the gospel, to demonstrate it with kindness, power, love, servant-heartedness. Fire, 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 fire. This is not like spectator sport. Y'all just, yeah, like you guys, point your hands this direction and just shock a baba. Just. <laughs> You're at Bethel. This is full contact revival here, okay? Yeah, we just declare the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you because he's anointed you to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to declare liberty to the captives, the opening of sight to those who are blind and prison doors to, to those that are captives, to declare this is the, the year of the Lord, the vengeance of our God. We just declare the anointing of heaven on you to heal, to bind up the brokenhearted, the fatherless, the wounded, the forgotten. Some of y'all sitting out there, you're like, nope, not me. And God's just like, yes, you, you, and you. <laughs> Bible says, 
Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it only remains a single seed. But if it dies, it'll bear much fruit. So it's time to take your life and bury it into the soil of young people and let it die. And as you bury it, it will produce much fruit. And God will give you your dreams back more than you could ever imagine. If you live for his dream. Thank you, Jesus. Just receive it. Just receive it. God is shifting things. He's shifting things. He's moving things. I'm telling you right now. He's, he's preparing us for the greatest end times harvest. The, the billion soul harvest that, Bill, that um, Bob Jones saw when he went to heaven. He saw a billion soul youth harvest, guys. He saw a billion soul youth harvest. Which means there's billions more coming of adults. But this, let's, let's just grab this thing. It's a billion soul youth harvest. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to be a father to those who don't have a father. Fire. Fire. Shoo. Some of the greatest youth pastors rising up are going to be women. Pow. Come on. Woman, rise up. (laughs) Pow. Woman, rise up. Pow. (laughs) Step into your place of power and grace. Woo. Fire. <laughs> Whoo, bam. Shh. Come on, Jesus. Mark him, God. God's marking you with fire. He's marking you with fire. Marking you with fire. Marking you with fire. Thank you, Lord. All right. Why don't all you guys, you can either just like grab a seat right where you're at or go sit down. We're going to do something else here. We could just, this meeting could turn into this all night long, but we're going to do some more stuff. Anointing's just going to, who's a large up here? Who's a large? Large t-shirt. Large t-shirt. Large t-shirt. Anybody up here a large? Come here, buddy. Those are Young Saints t-shirts. Come on. We got any young saints in the place? We got any old saints in the place? (laughs) So good, so good. (laughs) This last year we got to have our first young saints conference and Sean Bowles was here and Abby Stumvall and it was just incredible to see the father just whacking kids with supernatural power and love and fatherlessness just being broken off of people and it was crazy power. It was it was amazing. Um, I want to give away just a couple things here while you're soaking in the glory. 
Um, we wrote some, some student leadership team manuals for, to train students. And uh, I'm going to give these, a couple of these away here in just a second. If you'll see here, there's a, this is, says, it says Encounter on there. And this is a student booklet. And then that's the teacher booklet. So it's a pair. It goes together. And um, this is the best manual I've ever seen to disciple teenagers. And I wrote it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, though, I wrote it along with my associate, Rory Heller. He's a, uh, my associate youth pastor. He's incredible. And so what we did is we took, um, you guys heard of the core values of Bethel Church. We took the 12 core values. They added another one after I completed this. You know how that feels. Thanks, Dan, for that, yeah. So I took the 12 core values of Bethel Church, and we intertwined them all through these messages. So each of these messages builds on the core value of the kingdom, so you're empowering kids to walk in the kingdom of God. And so there's four different manuals, which spins off of our vision as a youth ministry, that we exist to see young people have a divine encounter with Christ, to grow in intimacy with the Lord, belong in community way before they believe, Amen. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. He believed in them way before they were ever worthy of it. And then empowered as supernatural revivalists. And so encounter, intimacy, community, empower. Those are the four different manuals here that I have. So um, I just want to give these away. Is there a youth pastor in the place here? You're like full-time youth ministry right now. You're a youth pastor? Come on up here, girl. This is for you. Wait, you're in school ministry. Are you in school ministry? And you're a youth pastor? All right, come here. Are you a youth pastor too? Are you a youth pastor? You are. Come on up here. Where are you from? South Korea. South Korea. Come on. Here you go. Bless you. Have we got any other youth pastors in the house? You're a youth pastor? Come on up here. I'm going to give you something anyways. Here's a manual. Um, I need the student to empower. I think I gave it to you there. I'm going to give him this. And so... Yeah, there you go, the student one, yeah. Yep, here you go, man. Where are you, Pastor? Advent Group Ministries in San Jose, California. San Jose, bless him. That's awesome. So good. And then I've just got a few messages I just want to give away. I like giving stuff away. It's fun. But I preached this message called Ready, Aim, Fire. How many guys want to walk in supernatural power? Oh, wait, before I do that, let me tell you this. Unfortunately, our bookstore is closed right now, so you can't go buy anything that I'm telling you about. But you can go online. Those manuals are selling right now all over the world, and 100% of the profits go right back into uh, running Young Saints. And so um, go online and buy millions of them because it will fuel revival, and it's awesome. And so, uh, but you can, yeah, you can pay. They're only 20 bucks per manual. So, and then, okay, so I've got these messages here. Ready, aim, fire. If you want to walk in supernatural power, like on this one here, um, there's an actual story of a, um, let's see what time it is. I don't have much time. Anyways, I do. I can do whatever I want right now. (laughs) We were supporting a missionary in Southeast Asia, and she was um, training these kids on the kingdom who were from Buddhist families, and these kids... We're learning how to walk in the kingdom. And the people, person teaching them went to BSSM here. Long story short, uh, the kids went home for holiday. And while they were at home, their parents got in a really bad fight. And they woke up the next morning and went out to the kitchen to find a bottle of poison sitting there, empty. So they, these two kids, 
banging Kim were their names, I'll call them. They ran outside looking for their mom. They found their mom out in the jungle, laying on the ground, completely stone cold dead. Body was white. And they just said, this can't happen. So-and-so taught us that we have power to change this. And so they begin to pray and declare life over this mom. And uh, within, within 30 minutes, mom was back from the dead, alive. These kids raised their mom from the dead. Woo! So this is a message I preached at Jesus Culture. It's a pretty fun atmosphere. So who, who wants to walk in supernatural power? All right, right there. Yes, 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 you win. There you go. How many guys want to take down giants? You're called to take down giants? Speaking to a room of giant killers? Come on, is anybody just walking in complete fear and intimidation? I'm just kidding. You're called to take down giants. Uh, this is a, a life message of mine that I preached. I'm writing a book on right now. Here you go. Anybody here want to get married? You're just really lonely? I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. That was bad. That was mean. That was the spirit of Chris that came upon me. That was Chris's fault. He gives us too much permission to be ourselves. Uh, I want to get married. This is a message. I, I preached this message. It was, it's actually called Heaven's Value for Marriage. And then I thought about it. Nobody would buy that. I want to get married. They will buy that. So if you want to get married, this is the message for you. These are all... There you go. Now listen, these are download cards, so you got to go on iTunes, and you just punch in that code, and then it'll download to your iPhone or whatever. So this is called A Divine Romance. It's another one I preached at Jesus Culture a while ago, and it's kind of my story about stepping into power and love. That's how God wants to reach the world. So anybody here 13 years old, May 15th, does that mean anything to you? You're 13? Does May 15th mean anything to you? May? Anything close to May? I'm just kidding. It's May 15th, May 13th. All right, come get it, buddy. It's all you. So good. We're going to show a video really fast um, that we just got tonight. And uh, it's, it's just kind of a promo for a school that's coming up here that we're going to do and kind of our heart. So why don't you guys go ahead and roll that. That's a, that's a youth pastor's young adult school. If you're a, youth, if you're a young adult pastor, that's fine too. But we are, um, we're going to go after this. We're going to talk about how to help kids break free from addictive sexual cycles, homosexuality, pornography. There are keys and anointings to do it. We're seeing kids get free in, in powerful ways. 
And so uh, I'm going to preach a message tonight. I had a dream last night and uh, woke up from the dream and it's kind of scared me because it was me. I was singing in the dream and I was singing. I was on this stage before you guys and I was singing. It's all about the oil. I don't have a rhythm in my mind, so I'm not going to right now. But, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about the oil. And then we're going to see what happens. Maybe I will just stop and sing. If, God's in, if the oil stops flowing, I'll just start singing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, Jesus. It's all about the oil. I just had a dream. I got a bunch of different messages I could preach or share. And if you're watching right now by iBethel TV, welcome. But it's really all about the oil. If you've ever tried to attempt anything for God or do anything for God, you realize real quick it's much funner to do things with God rather than for God. And that resting and just waiting in Him until it's Him doing it through you and you're just having fun together. It's, ministry can be fun or it can be a, a tyrant burden. And so I learned years ago that I want it to be fun. And when I made sure I was just having fun, I realized I was flowing in the anointing when I was having fun. Because you've got to receive the kingdom like a child. But if I get all starchy and pastoral-ish like for me, I just clam up and the anointing doesn't flow that well. So I bought this journal as a reminder. It's a Star Wars journal. To just make sure I'm having fun and being myself. So may the source be with you, all right? And... Uh, <laughs> it's all about the oil. My life, one of my life verses is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5. Paul was preaching to the, speaking to the Corinthians, and he said, When I came to you, brothers, I didn't come with excellency of speech or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God, but I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and Him crucified with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So your faith doesn't rest on men's wisdom, but on the power of God. When I came to Christ at, at 19, 18 years old in Salt Lake City, Utah, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, there was a man who came and witnessed to me, and I got marked. He has no idea uh, who I am, or I have no idea who he was, and he changed my life that day, and I walked away never the same, and um, he just marked me by the presence of God. I'll never forget. He walked away after he preached the gospel at me. And challenged me. And I remember that I saw a vision of a white flame in my heart. And I said, I knew it was real. I knew it was real. As he walked away with his kids. And so you never know who you're talking to. Uh, if, you know, how many guys, you know, look at the person next to you and say, Jesus loves you. Right? You're like, oh, thanks. That was cute. I feel good now. If you go say that to somebody who's never heard those words before, it takes on a whole new meaning. Sometimes I think the reason we're bored in church is because we forget you weren't created to go to church. Jesus didn't die on a cross, shed his blood on Calvary, send his spirit, raise from the dead, save your butt and mine too, so that we could just come in here and warm a chair. Like there's a world that needs, that needs what you're carrying. There's a world that needs the good news that you have. And many times we get bored here sitting here because we're not walking in our mandate or our assignment. And I'm not speaking this to condemn anybody. Like, I've felt that way as a pastor sitting in my ivory tower doing meetings day after day. And I'm just like, ah, I can't do this anymore. I got to go talk to somebody outside. And so 
I just want to encourage you. God wants to mark people through your life with the power of God. And the reason you're sitting here agitated right now because you don't see it flowing through your, your life yet is because God's destined you for a life of power and a life of love. To not be the smartest guy in the world. You don't have to have all the degrees or sound as amazing as some of the speakers that, that stand behind this incredible stage here. But you just got to just go out and just say, just show the love of God. Be yourself. Carry your own story. Don't try and be cool like somebody else. Remember when you were in junior high school and you, tried, you saw somebody cool? So you said, Mom, I need to get those shoes. Mom, I need to get these pants. And all of a sudden, you changed your style because you were trying to be like somebody else. You were trying to be all swagadelic. <laughs> and then you got all swaggy, and you go to school, and you feel like, remember that when you did that? Remember when I did that? Yeah. Just be yourself. Be, carry your story. It's where the anointing rides is on your authentic story. And so, yeah, God just wants to mark people through power. And uh, this last week when Bill was praying for me, he said, God spoke a word to him 35 years ago that, God, that, that one generation, the younger generation, would declare the praises of God to the next generation. The younger generation is going to show the older generation how to walk in the Spirit. And so it's time to empower young people and kids and believe that there actually is no junior Holy Spirit. Amen? And so I want to talk to you just about the oil for just a second. And Second um, Kings chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, go there and we'll... Make this an official meeting. We have our healing rooms here. You know, in fact, if, you're, if it's your first time here, just raise your hand up again. God bless you guys. You're going to have the scariest week of your life. <laughs> uh, we have our healing rooms that happens every Saturday. And I just, ah, oh, these stories just kill me as you turn in there. This young kid... Young little little kid, they have kids that pray for people on Saturday. And um, this young kid's sitting there, and he says, I just, he drew like a picture, like a really messy picture. And the guy trying to get the interpretation said to him, so what is that? And he said, it's a dinosaur eating crabs. <laughs> he's like, okay. And the crabs was like spiny looking, you know. And he's like, what's that mean? And he says, well, I feel like it's for that guy. And he points to a guy that's from Germany. And when he said it's a dinosaur eating crabs, the guy burst out into tears. Because he has stomach cancer, and crabs in German means cancer. The dinosaur was eating the crabs. <laughs> There's no junior Holy Spirit. That's amazing. That's undeniable. You don't even have to try to work up your faith. Okay, I'm going to get my faith going now. Faith muscle on. Sometimes we try to build our faith. Faith doesn't come through striving. It comes through surrender. So when you just meditate on the testimonies of God and on what he's done, faith becomes the most natural thing that will just rise in your heart. If you're trying to grow your faith, just chill. Second Kings chapter 4. Certain woman of the wives, verse 1. Sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditors come in to take away my two sons and be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Say jar of oil. Then Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Everybody say empty vessels. Do not gather just a few, and when you have come in, You shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, 
and then poured into all those vessels and set, the full, and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man, of the, the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, you and your sons and live on the rest. That, power, that story is such a prophetic picture of what the Holy Spirit, what the oil wants to do today. Why are we talking about the oil? Maybe you're sitting there going, what, what do you mean oil? First Corinthians chapter three says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now the Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit is Lord, there is freedom. He is Lord. The spirit of God is Lord. Why are we, why are we talking about oil? When you read the New Testament, when you read the Bible, God, God's word you know, describes oil, describes the Holy Spirit in many different terms so that we can identify or see him with visions and dreams. He says in Joel chapter 2, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters prophesy, see visions and dreams, all that stuff, right? Remember that? So he says, the spirit of God's coming on that boy right there in the, in the blonde hair. Yeah. Spirit of God's coming on you, son. God's got mighty plans for your life. You're a champion. You're a world changer. You get out of bed, put your foot on the ground, and the devil says, my God, he's out of bed. <laughs> so scripture describes the Holy Spirit as fire, oil, wind, rain, finger of God, sword, like all these descriptive words. Why? Because when you're flowing with Holy Spirit as one, and you sense oil, or you see a finger, or something to that effect, it, it's a tip-off on how to partner with what God is doing. And if you act like a child and just play with them, you'll probably find yourself right in the middle of what God's doing. And so oil, oil just makes gears go better. Oil makes things work better. Every marriage needs oil, ha-ha. Every, every marriage needs oil between the gears. Every car needs it. So what am I saying here? Acts, in, in, this, in this story, this story is so powerful because he says, go get the empty jars and pour out the oil in the empty jars. It was a supernatural thing. He only had, they only had one jar of oil, but it multiplied as there was empty vessels. Many times we're saying, God, anoint me. God, anoint me. And he's saying, you are anointed. Go find empty vessels and start filling them, and you'll never have a, st- a stopping flow of oil. Because when the, vo- when the vessel stopped, when there was... No more empty jars, the vest, the oil stopped flowing. So a couple things here. God's looking to pour out the oil that's on your life. It's going to multiply as you give it away. But also the oil goes to the, the, the lowest parts of our lives. How many of you guys have some parts in your life that you feel ashamed over? Don't raise your hand, but you feel, or you can, I don't care. Break it off of you. You feel shame in there. Well, God's oil, when, his, when oil comes on you... Julie right here on the front row, last week she was in a ministry trip and somebody accidentally broke a jar of oil over her head. I'm like, confirmation, I'll stick with this, okay. Jar of, jar of oil, she's baptized in oil. And then God did a whole bunch of crazy stuff from it. And so it's like when oil gets on you, it just saturates, it gets deep into your thinking and it affects the way you begin to see God and see yourself. Some of us, we're trying to figure ourselves out of the problem that you're in when really you need to soak your way out of the problem. We're trying to 
intellectually discover how am I going to get from A to B. And, God's, and, and the reason you're frustrated is because God just don't work that way. You see, if you take the oil of the Holy Spirit and just rest and let him saturate you, you'll find that many times he's just looking for transformation is what takes you to the next level. When the empty jars run out, the oil ceases. The oil's for your life. It's in you for you, but it's on you for others. It's important that we don't get our identity from it being on us, but in us. Because when we get our identity from it being on us, what do you do when you're having a bad day? Right? As a young saint, listen, it's important. The reason we, we, we called it young saints is a whole prophetic journey that I don't have time to go into right now. But we're calling a generation out of who God says they are not into who God says they are. That they're no longer sinners. They're no longer labeled. They're no longer cutters. They're no longer broken. In fact, to say that a young person is fatherless isn't exactly true. Because God's word says he's a father to the fatherless. So if you want to pull a person into their destiny, you've got to call them for who God sees, sees them as. Not their current circumstances or what they even look like. They may smell funky and they may look like they got crap on them. But the bottom line is, is you've got to go up to them and see what the, what the Lord sees. And as you speak, bones will begin to rattle. And they come together. Shaka baba. Shaka, shaka, shaka. Shaka, shaka, shaka. Just put your hand on the person next to you and just say, take some of that. Just take some more. Take some oil. (laughs) Woo! Healing in the oil. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing else, man. I don't know what to do. You guys ever have your favorite preacher coming to town and he's just anointed and he waves his hand and you fall out or something like that? And you're like, yes! And then God, you pray, God touch me like, you know, I want to have uh, fire for, to go to the name, whatever, something else. And then God sends it in another package and you get offended. Because it doesn't look like the way you're used to receiving. Do you know that historically it's true that the one generation who experiences revival, you usually reject the next one? Because it doesn't look like the way they're used to receiving. Second Kings chapter 5, when, when Naaman was told by Elisha, go dip yourself into the Jordan River seven times and you'll be cleansed. He got offended because that's not the way I expect it to happen. I expected that he'd just come out and wave his hand over me and I'd be cleansed. None of this go dip yourself in the Jordan River stuff. The rivers where we come from are cleaner than the Jordan River. And his, and his 
servant looked at him, his friend, and said, look, dude, pull out your Pharisee wedgie. And <laughs> just pick it, you know, get that thing out of there. Quit being offended. And go get in the river. <laughs> How many of you guys know we all need a friend to tell us, get over your Pharisee wedgie. God's anointing is on that person. Yes, you see his flaws. God's actually letting you see his flaws to see if if you're looking to trust in man more than the anointing. (laughs) The man's not the source. The Lord is. See, we're not looking to raise up the next rock stars of Christianity. We're looking up to raise up the body of Christ to flow in power. Yep, that was a good word right there. Yep, it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's good, it's good. So how do we, what's the anointing do? God's anointing magnifies what's inside of you. That's why you've got to make sure you're a son, you're a daughter, your identity straightened out. You get saved, the anointed one comes on you. It's the presence of God for a purpose. It's different from the presence of God. The presence of God abides in you and, and walks with you and loves you and cherishes you and adores you. The, the anointing comes on you for, for a purpose. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He's, an, he's you know, giving you dunamis power to walk like Jesus did on the earth. To look like Jesus. See, the anointing comes on you for a purpose. The anointing is there... Uh, it manifests what's inside of you. So, you know, I, I remember when I was younger, like, <laughs> when I was still working out my identity, I thought I had a lot of performance mindsets. Have you, have you guys ever had a performance mindset before? Let me tell you how it worked out in me. It worked out in destroying the people around me sometimes. I was a youth pastor in Salt Lake City, Utah, and our service was going. The presence of God was moving. And all of a sudden, like the, uh, you know how in a youth service, like the, the music stops and all the kids start fidgeting? I'm like, no, you got to let, like, let it go from song to song, you know. And then I came here and it's just like they just stop singing and they just sit there and mess with their guitars. And I'm just like, what is going on? And uh, but, so I'm back there in Salt Lake and all of a sudden they stop playing and I'm like, what are they doing? They're, gonna, they're quenching the spirit. They're quenching the anointing. So I walked up on stage. I've got all these kids there. I walked up and I looked at my worship leader and I said, you are quenching the spirit of God. And she looks at me, looks at my wife. My wife says, sing, it's going to be okay. I come down. You guys ever like had something come out of your mouth and you knew as it was coming out of your mouth, you're like, no, no, don't hit her ears. Stay back. Come back here, you demon word. Get back here. So I go back to my chair, and my wife says, what did you say to her? And I'm like, you don't want to know. It was awful. I repented. I groveled. She's forgiven me, and she's still my worship leader eight years later. She's amazing. But, you know, I used to think that the, the presence would come and go 
with songs and stuff and moods and personalities and you know, he mostly moves with like, you know, your attitude, but he's constant. He's Jesus. He never changes. He's 100% there all the time. God's anointing will manifest what's inside of you. And so it's important that we soak in being a son or a daughter to let that performance stuff get out of us because when his presence is on you for a purpose, it's there to build up and destroy it with the enemy's work, not people. Amen. All right. The anointing is there for a purpose. Spirit of God's on me, to, and he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Like, I understand the saying, I understand the saying, St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel all over the world and necessary use words. I get that. In other words, let your life speak. But somebody's got to say something. Somebody's got to say something. What else is the anointing there for? It's to break the yoke of bondage. It's to break the yoke of bondage. And if you want to learn how to flow in the anointing, here's how God's doing it in these end times. I believe God's using teams. It's not a one-man show anymore. God is, is using teams. In other words, this last week, we're talking about sex and relationships in our youth service. And we pulled all the guys together. It was awesome. It was like a young men's meeting. And then all my, my wife had all the girls. And I just... I'm looking for that illumination. I'm looking for where's the breakthrough coming. That's how the anointing works in me. Faith to see. Faith is connected to what you see. So if I, have, if I can see it in my heart, I can have it in my hands pretty quickly. And so I'm, I'm waiting to, what, what is it we're supposed to do? I got some things I need to talk about. And then I've got great things I can say. But how many guys know sermons haven't like changed the world yet? So I'm looking for like that thing that's anointed to break bondages. To break yokes. Well, there's, there's a guy on our team named James Burke. He's amazing. He was the Emerald Johnson Award winner of first year last year. And he's got a powerful testimony. And I just really felt like God's anointing is on this guy. So I, I shared some things in my message. And then I said, I want you to close with your testimony. So he gets up there. The whole time I'm preaching, you got all these little junior hires. They're snickering. Like they can't hold themselves still. Because I said pornography at least 40 times. Sex. All these different words. We're talking about We're just going for it, right? Getting these guys all free. And uh, they're just like, <laughs> wow, he just said that again. My, one of my youth leaders said these kids were going bananas. James gets up there, who had the anointing of breakthrough on him. And he starts talking. And the second he starts talking, the whole room just went, whoop. And then he preached and just shared his testimony. And it broke something open. And then I said, if you need freedom, it's time to confess and just get your life open in the light. Come on up here and let these guys pray for you. And at least two-thirds of the room came forward and just began to just get their junk out and just confess their sin and let God wash them and cleanse them. And it was powerful. So I believe that, you know, the pressure that we used to carry of the old model of one guy has all the anointing and y'all just need to just recognize is over. And flowing with a team is just so much more fun. It's just so much more fun. And so it breaks the yoke of bondage. So how do you grow in the anointing? I'm so glad you asked. Thank you. You grow in the anointing by being around other people that are anointed. And learn from them that are anointed. But don't try and be like them. Be yourself. One other key that I heard on how to, be, how to walk in the anointing, I heard from, from Bill and Mario Murillo on two different occasions. They both said this. So listen. Change your life. Bill said he learned this from Oral Roberts. And 
Oral Roberts quoted other people that if you want to grow in the anointing, that the key is to wait in silence before God. Is to sit, learn the art of sitting quiet before the Lord. And just sit before his face. I dare somebody to talk right now. I'm just kidding. Learn how to sit quiet before God. Because when you do, the stillness of all the things that scream at our lives, the Instagram, the social media, just everything else. You realize when you get quiet before God about how many things are just swirling. And when I can get quiet before God, I actually learn how to tap into the river of God that's stronger than everything else. And all the noise just gets silence in his presence. Amen? Another way you can grow in the anointing is read about Jesus. He was the anointed one. The anointing should look like Jesus. And it should lead people to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.